God's not through with you yet. That's why you're still here. God's not through with you. Wherever there's a day that you get to be alive, and you know what? It is really a gift. And remember, it's been said that 90% is our attitude. Well, well, something like 20% is what life happens, and 80% is our attitude toward that. And I never try to play down your hardships or anybody's. I, I try to listen. You're the only one that feels the way you do. And my former pastor, superintendent, would say this, if you're like me, and I know I am. Remember that? Clarence St. John. If you're like me, and I know I am. No one knows you better than God and yourself. You can't cover up. You can't hide. You, it's no use trying. And the problem was with, the problem was with that we learned, we, we mentioned um, Genesis and Vernus just started our teaching on that. And we were reminded again of the story of Adam and Eve and their failing in the garden and sinning and then running from God and trying to hide. God knew right where they were. Well, he asked him a question, did you guys eat of the tree? Who told you? What, you know, who, who? He was trying to get them to confess, confess up. And wow, it's like old humanity is still the same. We, we never like to admit, I never like to admit to weakness, right? We grew up working, my brother worked in the concrete. He always would say, the harder it is, the better we like it. It's kind of an attitude. You grit. You had to have grit. You had to kind of you know when there's hot days. And I remember one time the banks caved in on a job. It was like a forums were already in, and truck would already arrive for concrete. And woof, the sand caved in, and we were like, oh boy. So rather than giving up and saying, well, can't do anything about it, we just grabbed the shovels and didn't even think about it and just started digging like crazy, just throwing sand. And we kind of were laughing inside and kind of. You know, this is nuts. But we'll get her. We'll get her. We'll make her. It's amazing. It's amazing what your wills tell you to do. When there's a will, we say, well, there's a will, there's a way. You will find a way if you're determined enough. But there's something to be said. I think God, and we talked a little bit in Sunday's two class, that God has a rest, a rhythm for us. He has a pace for you and I. Your pace not be my pace. My pace may not be your pace. Everyone's still on the on a pace. You keep going. That's that's the important thing. You don't quit. You just keep going. Some of us are no known as plotters. Plot along, plot along, plot along. We'll get there. We'll get through it. And uh, this cold season, this this too shall pass. We're gonna live through it. We're going to get through it. God's going to help us see us through. And see, there are times when we uh, wonder, uh, where's God? Where's God and all? What's the point of this? What's the, what's the, what's the point of 30 below? What's, what's all that about? Uh, well, they say there's a bug up north in a pine tree that needs that coal to kill it. 
And so I don't know, whatever, for whatever reason, there's something good in everything. God is able to take that little broken down lunch that the boy had and serve thousands, 5,000. And so if you're wondering where I'm going with my text today, it's 1 John. We're going to look at the first chapter. 1 John is really one of those books you can read pretty easily. I mean, if you took a few minutes, you could read straight through. It's one of those books that I find practical, at the same time reassuring that God is for us again. He's made a way for you and I to experience the greatest life possible. And so the Gospel of John, we went through it recently, and it's considered that this is the same author, although there was some who disagreed, but most, it seems like most, most folks have agreed that it is the same John who wrote the, the Gospel of John. And so we see by his first verse, we read it, what was from the beginning, very similar to John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, right? You remember that? And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So the Word of God is Jesus. So what was from the beginning, what we have heard, this is, this is what's key here, though, what we have seen with our eyes. John walked with Jesus while he was on the earth. What we have beheld and our hands handled concerning the word of life. John witnessed the miracles. John witnessed many things that the Lord, John said there are many things that the Lord has done that's not recorded that we could fill up the books of the earth. with. In fact, in Revelation, John, the same John is considered, was on the island of Patmos, left there to die, as where he had a revelation. And the Lord came and showed him the, the end time events. Listen, sometimes when you're in a hard place, when you think this is the end, when you don't know if this is how it's all going to work out, maybe God can do some of his greatest work and revelation comes to your heart. You begin to look at the scriptures in a different way. You begin to look at life in a different way. You begin to appreciate the small things of life, uh, the simple things of life. Really, all we need is God. And all that he gives to us, he will provide for us. You see, the harder I work, the harder I realize that it can't be done. But God working through you and I. But God, while I was dead in my sins, in my trespasses, while I was unable to save myself, when I was unable to take another step in the right direction, but God being rich in his mercy and grace. See, now this letter is written to the Christian, written to the believer, written to those. He says, uh, verse uh, 3, 
what we have seen, heard, we proclaim to you also that you also may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. What is really, what is the fellowship, what is fellowship, what is he talking, what is true fellowship? Listen, this is, he says that you, you have fellowship with us. You have fellowship with the Father. You have fellowship with the Son, Jesus in other words, true fellowship is with God living in you when you have this inner, inner inward dwelling Holy Spirit. God himself is dwelling in you. You have, a, you have someone that's never going to leave you. You have fellowship. And so when we get together with other believers, we have a bond. And that's why you can go to Thailand and you can find. You can go to Belize. God is the God of all nations. He's willing none should perish, but have everlasting life. Well, what happens when we get out of fellowship with God? We're going to talk a little bit about what do we need to do. Because anyone can get out of fellowship. What I'm saying by that is it doesn't mean that you're not saved, but you can get out of fellowship. You can get out of harmony. You can get out of rhythm. You can get out of step with God. You can get on your own little path. You can kind of coast. Hebrews said, be careful that you don't drift. And find yourself drifted away from him. What is it about humanity? Ah, we're doing fine. Let's just sit back. I'm just going to kind of ride my way into heaven on a sofa. <laughs> I'm just going to take it easy. You know, there's a certain amount of truth and value. You have a season in your life, whatever. God is still speaking to you. You're still learning. You're still learning. How many are still learning? How many believe you're not as smart as you thought you was? Starting out. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, or maybe, you know, those people that I thought were, didn't really understand, they, they're smarter than I thought. They're smarter than I thought. They, you know, they knew things that I didn't really, I couldn't see. Amen? And then the kids came along. You know, remember when you had all the time in the world to do whatever you wanted to do when you just first started? Now, just, just think back. Just think back. You were footloose, fancy free. Were you ever? No. Vernon, no. You're disciplined. Sometimes we thought what we had, what we sort of thought we had the world by the tail didn't really pan out. Here's what I'm getting at. You can have Jesus as your Savior, but he is not going to be your Lord until you understand that. He's, he wants to be your Lord. Right? What does that mean? Well, Jesus is your Savior. That's a comfort. That's knowing where we're going to get in. We're going to be in heaven. But I just want, I don't want to get too close because, you know, if he, I get too close, he may call me to go do something I'll never want to do, and I'll be miserable the rest of my life. Have you ever thought of that? Have you ever, have you had those thoughts? Thinking back on it, yes. Is God that way? Ah. 
Here's the difference. The more you draw closer to him, the more he draws closer to you. And the more you get tighter with him, the more that you have fellowship with him, the more that you begin to take on his heartbeat, his very passion begins to become yours. Whereas what you thought you never could do, you begin to feel, you know, this is what, this is what life is all about. This is what the kingdom is all about. This is what's really valuable. This is the only stuff that's going to last for eternity is people. So God is concerned about people. He's concerned about your neighbor. He's concerned about the person you work with on the job. He's concerned about your family member who you are praying for. And at times just wondering what's going to happen. God is already ahead of the game. He knew he, we would stumble and fall. He knew that we would sin even after we came and confessed our need for him. Here's the, here's the solution. When you get off track, when you sin, here's the solution. Here's what needs to happen. Uh, verse 8, if you say that you have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. Whoa, that is a verse. If I say, I don't have any sin, I don't have any problems, wow, truth is not in us. You know what's free is to admit, I, I'm a sinner. I fall short, but God. I am not going to get to heaven by living a sinless life. I'm going to get to heaven by my faith and my surrender. In Jesus Christ, who paid the full price of my sin. Here's here's the practical. Now, this has to be done with a heart of intent and a course of sincerity. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive. Adam and Eve, did you partake? They didn't want to admit it. Adam was quick to say, well, it's this woman, the woman you gave me. Right? My, my humanity, my fallen nature, my, 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 I would say my sinful carnal man that needs to be crucified daily doesn't want to confess, admit to anything. But, oh, what happens when we do, when we surrender, when we admit, I need help. When we confess what we've done wrong. And it don't have to be, I don't think it has to be long. We don't have to beg God. I think we just need to spill it out, confess it. And here's what happens. He, he, He forgives us our sins. And not only does he forgive us, but he cleanses us. Cleanses us. Cleansed from all unrighteousness. I need a good bath from time to time. There's so many sins we could list. I'm not going to list the Holy Spirit and his word work together. See, here's how it works. We come to Jesus, but there are some things in our life that need to be crucified. 
there are some habits that God works on us. Sometimes we, 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 you know, we want it to happen and be instantaneously uh, delivered and from all this stuff. But God sometimes chooses, many times it chooses the process to, to walk with God, to fellowship with God, the process of mentorship, the process of, of having accountability, having people that will stand with you when you fall and pick you up and point you on the right direction. Our God is not a God who beats us up over sin. He cuts through it, convicts us. That in itself is a blessing. As if I don't know what's wrong, then I won't change. If I have no conviction, the difference is this. I could stand here in my own strength and tell you all that's wrong, and you'll never change without the help of the Holy Spirit. I cannot receive truth. In fact, I cannot receive truth without the help of the Holy Spirit because it is in, it is in the, the Scriptures that he, the Holy Spirit, he says you have no one to teach you. But his Holy Spirit teaches you. He's speaking about the helper. As Jesus promised, I will send you a helper, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to convict us of our sin and then convince us. Oh, he breaks us sometime, many times. That's a good thing, that he breaks us, that we no longer can do that thing again. We can't. We change our language, for example. Now here's a here's a story for you. I'm working down at the camp one summer. Um, we were helping uh, place concrete at the, uh, I think it was at the new cafeteria. I think it was the bottom level. And one of the guys that was, uh, you know, just a helper, and you got to talking about so-and-so, and I didn't know what he was talking about. But this, evidently this guy who just recently got saved or seen a short period of time, he said, yeah, this man is sincere, but he's still got a little problem. Um, God really hasn't fixed his mouth yet. And I thought, oh, that, that's eye-opening. Well, you know, what he's saying is, let's be patient with people. Let's love on them. That's, some people have never heard any other thing, every, any other words other than the words they grew up on. And so now it's a process. God is able to fix people's mouths because he fixes their heart where now they no longer want to say those words. Did you know that in logging day era, there were preachers that would go to logging. This is Big Pine logging era back in the early, early days, and they preached in this one camp. And all the, a lot of the guys got saved, and they cleaned up their language so that the animals didn't know how to respond. They couldn't use the cuss words that they used. The animals didn't know how to respond. I chuckled about that. This is great. God fixes people's mouths because he fixes people's hearts because his truth is like a double-edged sword. It pierces, it cuts. The word of God cuts to the heart. Remember when Peter took his stand on the day after the day of Pentecost, filled with the Holy Spirit, he preached the word 
with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And the people were provoked, many to anger, ready to kill him, drive him off. Many of the early disciples were, were, were killed, martyred, and still many people today are being martyred because there's a, the truth sometimes pricks too deep. And it's a good thing. Messiah, I keep loving people if God helps me. What did he mean when he said if someone hits you on the cheek, turn your other cheek? I don't mean where to be doormats. Don't get me wrong. I believe we need to take a stand. I believe we need to defend ourselves. But what Jesus was saying when someone hits you on the cheek, turn your other cheek, what is he saying? He said, let me put it in my hands. Vengeance is not yours. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. Turn him over to God. And Paul, when he got into some horrendous sins in the church, in the church of Corinth, these people, Corinth was a sin city. Corinth was known for all the perversion. You could, it was, today it's, it's nothing new to God, what we see and hear. When Paul confronted them, and he spoke to them. And if they were unwilling to listen, it's come to many times leadership in the church or people that have influence, he would turn them over. He would turn them over to God. At one point, he even said he turned them over to Satan so that they'd come to their senses. What is he talking? That's tough. That's tough. That's a decision. And most of the time, when you are in this uh fellowship that we are talking to our brothers and sisters that we're trying to raise the bar we're trying to encourage each other it's not that who can be holier than thou it's about a conviction in our heart that sometimes god uh will speak to one about something and speak about another one that is they're trying to, trying to get them to accept truth. They're trying to bring them to another level. But God knows what they're able to receive. This whole thing about process, this whole thing called the big word of sanctification, you are on the process of becoming set apart for God. That little children oftentimes are more readily to receive Jesus then when we get into our adult years, because they're not hung up with all the stuff. They're not hung up with all the things about what life has taught them, and they just simply believe. They just say, I want it. Unless we become like a child. As Jesus said, humble, accepting the things that God has for us. And see, here's, here's what I've, I've felt. We had a dad who loved God, right, Linda? We had a dad and mom who loved God. And many times I would not do something because I knew my dad and mom would be hurt. What is that all about? It's because that's a relationship. That's a conviction. That's 
something beautiful. God has a path for us. Recently, this week, we went to a pastor's and wife's uh, connection. One of the fun things about doing that is you get to see me, some of your buddies across the state. And um, I was talking to one of my pastor friends who's in Floodwood, and his brother who uh, recently had a bad accident and was crushed underneath a house floor, fell on him, and he broke all his facial. It's a miracle he lived through it. Um, he, he loved God, and when he found him, he was uttering, glorious God, glorious God. He lived through that, and he's making recovery. But there was another story backing up. Before he, before he literally gave his life to the Lord, he was drinking. He rolled his truck, and he was laying on a field. And Jesus came to him. He said, Jesus came to me. He said, you can do it your way. You can go my way. If you go your way, you're going to die. And that's what started the turnaround in his life. You never know. You see, it's not how close I can get to sin and still get in the heavens. That's not the attitude. It's not how close. How many things can I still do and still get it? That's not the attitude. That's a carnal attitude. That's a, that's a, that's using God. And how far away can I, how close can I can be to you, Jesus? You see, God is so good. He speaks to us even though we, we mess up. You can see it deep down in our heart. We're maybe dealing with issues. You say, well, what's the worst sin? Here's what the worst unbelief to me. To me, the scriptures teach us unbelief. Jesus said, I quitted my hometown. I couldn't do many miracles because of their unbelief. But even unbelief, unbelief deep down inside, if you take all the layers, if you take all the layers, peel them back and peel them back and peel them back, that you maybe find a bit of core that down deep down inside, we call them foxhole believers, that they're really in dire need. God has put something in every person's heart that there, there is a relational, there is a place for God. You see, even when I stray, God doesn't stop loving me. Thank you, God. God doesn't brush me off. God doesn't throw me away. Because we live in the day of grace. But the day will come when the day of grace will be done. And then we will stand in judgment. I want to be his, I want to stand with him now because he takes my judgment. He takes my penalty. I deserve death. I deserve separation from God. The scriptures are so clear. If we confess our sins, it's not just to say to turn around and go back and sin again. That's not the attitude. That never should be. But many times we get colds by drifting. You know, thinking of cold. Thinking of cold. When the battery's cold, the car barely turns over. Right? And sometimes it goes click, click, click. And sometimes it don't even do that. 
That's why Revelations, I wish you were hot. God wants us to be hot for him. Oh, that's a passion for God because he wants to share his holiness. His, he's trying to keep us from destroying ourselves. Wow. I should look at my notes. Up. I probably should. Here's what I wrote in my notes. Being in fellowship with God. Although... We stumble, we get on the wrong path. Jesus said there's a narrow path. Few are those who find it. True fellowship can only be done with our relationship with Jesus. True true fellowship. You can have a little talk with Jesus, the songwriter. You can have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him about all your sorrow. Tell him about all your pain. Tell him about your struggles. He will hear your cry. He's always close to the brokenhearted. He's near to those. I remember when we went to Belize, Charlene. Remember when we went to the Mayan ruin up on the mount, up on the path? And it was the, the leader was, I think, describing a path that the ancient Mayan uh, Indians would, would travel. And he said, in fact, I think this, this would also, if there was a moonlit uh, moon out at night, it would easily shine the light on the path. You remember that part? It was kind of an interesting statement because the Bible talks that the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Dark is exposed by light. Sin is exposed by the light of God's word. That's a good thing. Jesus said, men love darkness. Why? Because they were trying to hide from God. They're still trying to hide from God. And deep down inside, there's a shame. You know who lifts the shame? Jesus. Who can take away the guilt? And Hebrews says, cleanse our conscience. Cleanse our conscience. Cleanse our conscience. That's the blood. See, Bible makes it clear that without the shedding of blood, Hebrews describes, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Even in Old Testament time, they were required to sacrifice certain animals because of blood. Even in the garden, God took animals and clothe them with animal skins. Think about that as a type. There's a type there. There's a type of Jesus. The Bible says life is in the blood. Life is eternal through Jesus' blood. And his blood never loses its power. When you're afraid, you can pray by the blood of the Lamb, plead the blood of Jesus. 
I believe in this, applying the, door, applying the blood to your heart, applying it, uh, speak this out, speak it over your house. Sometimes it's okay, be by yourself, whatever, so people don't think you're crazy. Lay your hand on your, on your home. Lay your hand on your car. Lay your hand on, 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 your, on your son or your daughter's bedroom. Some way connecting, pleading the blood of Jesus so that no weapon formed against them to prosper. Satan can't stand the blood. He's defeated. It was the blood of Jesus that defeated Satan. That was the blood of Jesus that gave a blow to Satan's head. Though he serpent bit Jesus in the heel. Jesus crushes. And the day is coming, Satan, when you are bound forever and just crashed into the lake of fire. Hallelujah. Are we getting excited yet? Come on. Let us be the people, the salt, the light. Look what we have. We all struggle, we all stumble, and even when we don't do the right thing, it's sin. I can't say it. I don't. The Bible said you, if you say you have no sin, you're, you're, you're making him to be a liar. And I'm still learning. God convicts me over that. I shouldn't have said it that way. God convicts me on my attitude many times. Come on. Come on. You love God, he loves you more and more than you could ever imagine. I, hear, I mentioned, did I mention this last Sunday, the legalism thing? Just briefly, I think I mentioned something about having a list of wrongs, only, only having a list, and I, I say to myself, if I don't do that, and if I don't do that, and if I don't do that, well, I'm good, I'm in, I'm all right. The problem with just having the list is that what am I doing out of a relationship? Because I know my God would not be pleased. Therefore, I can't go there. I remember Jeannie Mayo came to college. She was one of the great of uh, youth evangelism, a national speaker. Man, this is 20, 30-some years ago. She talked about the leash on certain people speaking. She was speaking about God's leash. When you try to go out, Track tugs you back in. Tugs you back in. Oh, that may sound strange or not very nice. You know, God lets us go far out, way off, way off the beaten paths. <laughs> he'll let you go. If you decide to go, he'll let you go. It doesn't mean he stops loving you. But if you have a praying mom or if you have a praying friend, you're, you're not going to get very far. Come on. 
eventually you're going to turn around. You see, the scripture talked about the backslider. He'll have his fill of his ways. There's hope for the backslider. I want to be a front slider. I want to be a front slider for God. Ah. I want to lay my head on my pillow at night and have peace with God. If there's something not right, I confess it. I ask God, you know, search me. Show me. Sometimes we need a good old inventory. Right? It's okay. I'm getting too long. I want to walk with Jesus. Do you? I want to make him Lord. Do you? With the help of God, we can go further with him, with his help, than I can by myself. Let's pray. Jesus, right now, I praise you. I give to you, Lord. This is, this is something we cannot do on our own. This is, this is something that, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can be able to walk in this life. And some of the folks here, only you know what's going on, and you're facing some difficult things. I pray right now. We confess our need. We confess our need. We confess sin. We confess things that aren't right. That We confess our attitude at times just to tweak it, Lord. Help us to tweak it with your help. Help us to be close to you. Lord, your word says you're coming back for those who are looking for you. I want to be looking for you. I want to be ready. I want to, I want to be not caught off guard. I want to be. I don't want to be sleeping in a spiritual sense. Lord, come into our hearts, even afresh and anew. We just believe that. Come into our hearts, afresh and anew. And Lord, we give to you now. Our family members, those who are challenged, those who are going through tough stuff, we ask God that you will be, be there, be their God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah.